Hello everybody and welcome to episode 12 of the Classic Rock Podcast. For those about to pod, we salute you. <laughs> On this week's episode, Matt and I, stop it Matt. On this week's episode, Matt and I will be discussing the, our year in rock, which was 1994. And as it's coming up to St George's Day, we have decided to set ourselves a challenge of selecting an all-star English band with English musicians that we have seen. So, without any further ado, let me introduce my partner in podcasting crime, Mr. Matt Rogers. How are you, Matt? How are you doing? Uh, yeah. Hello, Brian. Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, not bad. And you? I'm pretty good, thanks. Long time no speak. I've got to say, it's been a while. It's been a, it's been a little while since we um, <laughs> we did this. Um, how you been? You all right? Everything all right? Yeah. Um, it's all all good in Scotland. We're we're easing our way out of lockdown. We're able to spend some time with friends and family outside. It's, we're getting there, and we'll have live gigs soon, hopefully. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, that would be nice. Fingers crossed, indeed. So, as we're recording this, Brian, some some sad news actually um, is that Jim Steinman has died. Uh, which is which is quite sad. He's only seventy three, and for those who don't know, Jim Steinman was the main songwriter behind the the mega album that was Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell, yeah, from the late seventies. Um, so yeah, it's a shame. Um, seventy three doesn't seem very old. No, and, um, you know, well, you know, God rest his soul. That's all I can say. Because um, you're a big Meatloaf fan, I think you once told me that you had the Meatloaf. Bat Out of Hell cover on the back of your first denim jacket, of course, when you were strutting down the <laughs> mean streets of Limavardi. I love the way you say Limavardi. Limavardi. Is that the way you say it? <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, you, you've you made it your own. Uh, okay. And you, you, well, and in podcasting land, the people of you, you'll become an honorary son of Limavardi at some point. <laughs> you'll get well, the key. Nice. You'll get the key of Limavardi. Well, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I was drawn to... It's such an iconic cover. Yeah. So it's brilliant. No, it's a fantastic album. It's my wife's favourite album. I think we discussed this maybe before. Um, sad, sad loss. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jim Steinman. So, Brian, anything else um, that you'd like to talk about? Well, um, so, Matt, as I said in the intro for this evening's um, episode 12... Yep. Um... It's St. George's Day soon, and we're going to be it talking is. about all-star English musicians. Mm-hmm. And St. George's Day, and for those people around the world who are listening um, to our podcast, hello and good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Um, St. George is the patron saint of England. And St. George's Day, which is the 23rd of April, is also your birthday, Matthew. That's true. I'm aware of that. Thank you for mentioning it. Thank you for for reminding me. Well, you have Mm. dropped hints. Once or twice. I don't know why. I don't know why I drop hints. It's not like I want any presents or anything. I just, I don't know, just something to talk about, isn't it? Yeah. I'm I'm obsessed with age. Oh, are you? Okay. Well, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sometimes, however, I forget how old I am. Um, I forget that I'm I'm still in my very, very late 40s. Uh, well, I'll make, uh, hopefully through through the next segue, n- the next part of the show, I'll not make you feel too old. No, thanks. Um, so, so I'm still reeling with the fact that Bobby Kimball shares the same birthday with me. So when we talked, when we talked in the last show, um, it was around my birthday time. So I thought I would do the same for you and have a okay. look and have a look at who shares your birthday. Okay. That's, so that's very, you've very got nice some, you. you have got some big hitters who you share your birthday with. Oh really? Yes, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. It's easy for you to say. It is indeed. I nearly said Leonardo DiCaprio. I know. I thought you, I thought you were going to actually. <laughs> yeah, I believe I believe Leonardo da Vinci painted stuff and invented stuff. Well, that's that's yeah, that's a very you know gentle way of putting it, I suppose a very understated way of putting it. Yeah. I didn't know that actually. I mean that that's a, that accounts for my uh creative side, of course. You know, because I'm forever inventing things, <laughs> as you know. Like podcasts. Well like this podcast was exactly. I think my idea. I think that's what oh. I told my lawyers when it came to the copywriting. <laughs> um 
but so anyway, so that's uh, that's another story. I'm just, As, yeah, I know you are joking. I didn't know that about Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> <laughs> or Leonardo da Vinci, for that matter. Uh, yeah. That's good. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. And um, you also share it with the bard himself, William Shakespeare. I did know that. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. William Shakespeare was born and died on the twenty third of April. Actually, he did indeed. Obviously, not the same the same 23rd of April was several years between them um yeah that's no, good but um so you've got the bard um mm-hmm. Bill, Bill Shakespeare and Leo yeah. um so in the rock world Matt you share your birthday with Steve Steeman Clark one of the terror twins from Def Leppard who would have yeah. been who would have been 60 this year oh really yeah Oh, yeah. I was I was always a big fan of Steve Clark. I did know that actually. Yeah. Um, another another one that died very young, sadly. Uh, but again, left left a good legacy. Legacy. So, um, but yeah, still very sad. Yeah. yeah. And replaced by in the band. Well, of course, the great Sir Vivian. Yeah, absolutely. Sir Vivian Campbell, Esquire. Yeah. I, yeah. Can you imagine your first gig ever in a band? Um, and you go, right, Vivian, you're in the band and you're going to play the Freddie Mercury tribute. Yeah, yeah, about five million billion people watching. Yeah. That's a baptism uh, of fire, isn't it? You could say that. Yeah. I, I think I seem to call, he, he came through it okay then. So Vivian. He did, he did. Um, and the, um, the next person who you share your birthday with. There's more. There is indeed. And mm. an, a very, very... Neat segue into the next part of the show. Okay. Yeah. You share your birthday with Joshua Kiska from Greta Van Fleet, who we're going to be discussing their new album in a minute. I have a feeling he and I are not the same age. He's quite a young chap. He's 23. Oh, my goodness. Well, nearly. No, we are. are. (laughs) Not the same age by any means. 23. Wow. 23, 23. Uh, yeah, I hope to be 23 again, Brian. Yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. Uh, however, jo- however, yes. you nearly had the same birthday as Brian Tatler. Brian Tatler's really? birthday was April 25th. Wow. Two days. Oh, what were my parents thinking? <laughs> if only they'd known. Yeah, for those who don't know, of course, Brian Tatler is the... A guitarist from Diamond Head, the only original member. Nice guy, actually. I've met him a few times. Nice fellow. Um, and I shall make a point to tweet him happy birthday. Exactly. He um, might listen to the show as well, too. Well, I would like that, because they do get a lot of, a lot of mentions, <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly. That's good. Yeah, thank you very much. That's great. Yeah. So happy birthday for Friday, when it well, comes. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much, indeed. So, in a slight departure from our usual news section, um, what we thought we'd do is talk about some new releases, uh, a couple of new albums that are out uh, at the moment that have caught our eye. So it's kind of news as well. And we're going to have a little chat very briefly about two albums, one by The Pretty Reckless Mm -hmm. and the other one by the aforementioned Greta Van Fleet. Yep. So Pretty Reckless have released a new album called Death by Rock and Roll. It was released in February. It's a little bit, you know, it's been out a couple of months. And the the new album from Greta Van, Greta Van Fleet is called The Battle at Garden's Gate. Interesting title. Yes. Um, have you listened, you've listened to them? Because, I, I mean, I have as well. For once, I've done some preparation. <laughs> um, well, I had to, really, didn't I? I couldn't kind of wing it. Uh, and pretend I'd listen because I wouldn't be able to. You know. <laughs> that would be fun, wouldn't it? Let's 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 review albums that we haven't listened to. <laughs> that would be fun, but difficult actually as well. <laughs> so I think I no, I enjoyed it. Do you know what? I, do you know what I enjoyed mainly was the fact of actually listening to an album because you know we you know I've touched upon this before, but when we were kids, when we were young, you know, albums were something you treasured. You'd, you you know you paid your money for them you took them home this is mainly in the days of vinyl and to an extent in the days of CDs uh-huh. but you know these days I think listening to albums is a lost art we live in a very kind of fast paced disposable society it's all about streaming and downloading and the rest of it yeah. and uh, it's nice to listen to an album I recommend it boys and girls I, um, I, I completely agree with you I mm. um 
I went for a nice drive on Saturday. I uh, made sure that I downloaded the albums. I got in the car and I listened to both albums all the way through. There was no, I just, beginning to end, Matt, it was lovely. Just in the car, as you do, nice road trip, listening to the, the album and then just, albums and just giving them a good, give them a good whirl. It was nice. Giving them a good seeing too. Um, but I, I didn't uh, listen to them. I, I listened to them when I was walking the dog, actually. Uh, same sort of principle. Uh, but I enjoyed it. So let's talk briefly about um, the Death by Rock and Roll by The Pretty Reckless. What yep. did you think of that one, Brian? I A band that I'd never heard of. Um, and, a, and an album when you said, let's listen to The Pretty Reckless. I was like, who are they? So completely brand new to the to the band. And I have to say, I was really impressed with the production, the songwriting. I also liked the way in which the album flowed, just in terms of the way in which the material is. I think the first three tracks were pretty killer, just in terms of um, good high tempo, um, Death by Rock and Roll. It's a, it's a good, good opening track. Mm. And then... It's peppered with special guests. Um, track two's got Kim Thale and Matt Cameron. Uh, tracks Only Love and Can Save Me Now. And then the third track has got Tom Morello on it from Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave. So very, very... They loaded it with some great tunes. But I have to say, a very eclectic album. There's some great acoustic tracks on it. My f- two favourite tracks on the album are Got So High and Turning Gold. So a good, strong 50 minutes, 12 track album. I was mm. very impressed with it. And I've listened to it a couple of times, Matt. It just wasn't a, oh, I'll listen to it once and, you know, just for the show. I actually quite like the album. You know, it's something I'll continue to listen to. So uh, mm. really good. What about you? What do you think of it? Yeah, same, very similar, actually. Yeah, um, quite enjoyed it. Um, it's affronted by Taylor Momsen, who someone know uh, used to be an actor. I didn't know that, but she used to be an actor. Um, it's got a good voice, good, good, good voice, good songs. As you can say, you, you can tell the influence of uh, the Soundgarden guys and and Tom Morello. But yeah, yeah, great. I would recommend it. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, which brings us to the new Greta Van Fleet album. Now we've talked about them uh, at length, actually. And I think they're, you know, they're finding their way, as, as you said earlier, they're quite young. Three yeah. brothers and their friend on the drums, uh, which is nice. Yeah. And, um, you know, this album is an interesting one, really, because they got a lot of kind of criticism for being very similar in sort of stylistically and sonically to, to Led Zeppelin. It's two long words for me on a Tuesday night. <laughs> they got... They did get some criticism as being very similar to, in, 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 as I say, style and sound to Led Zepp. Um, and this album is not, really. <clears throat> I think it's been a conscious leap. There are some, some sort of still some Zepp, Zepp-esque influences, uh, certainly the kind of guitar style and yeah. some of the singing style, but um, it's an interesting one. It didn't really light my candle, so to speak. There are a lot of songs on there. It's quite a dark album. It's quite a one-paced album. But it's not to say I won't listen to it again, because I'll give it a chance. Because, you know, I think they've tried to write, you know, epics. And I don't think you can, you know, write an epic while thinking about it. You know, it almost just comes organically. Yeah. And uh, But I think I'll give it, a, I'll give it another listen. I was thinking that, you know, maybe when people listened to Kashmir or Stairway to Heaven for the first time, they didn't think, well, that's an epic. They probably thought, well, that's a long song. <laughs> um, so I will, um, I'll certainly give it another go. But um, yeah, what did you think? I'm, you know, I'm a latecomer to Greta Van Fleet. I, whenever they first came out and everybody was, you know, this is the future of rock and roll and, and all of the Led Zeppelin comparisons, etc. I listened to the album and the f- on first the first song which is called Heat Above which is probably the best track in the album all i heard was john anderson 
and get I, I w- it was very rush influence for me very progressive mm. so I was yeah. getting I was getting rush uh, and I was getting John Anderson and and as a singer I'm I was thinking Joshua you are singing stratospherically high mm. you're 23 years of age I just I haven't got visions of Joshua singing some of this material when he's 50 Matt I was like going boy you're you're pushing the envelope there. So, um, well, yeah, I hope he still can. Well, that's true. I mean, th- there are, there are some that have maintained that. I mean, jo- you mentioned John Anderson, John Anderson still sings. Yeah, it's true. Similar to he did yeah. 40 years ago. So, yeah. it, you know, it could work. Um, no, I think more power to them, you know, young lads find their way in the world. Yeah. Um, great future, hopefully. And as I've said before, if you're going to be likened to anyone, then wow, you know, if you if you compared to Led Zepp, yeah. there, are, there are a lot worse people to be compared to. Yeah. So you know, good on them. I hope yeah. they you know keep going and obviously progress. And I, as I say, I'll listen to that album again, and and I would recommend people take a listen, see what they think. Agreed. And um, the Jimmy Kimmel, if you go onto YouTube um, on the Jimmy Kimmel show, they actually um, debuted. Heat above on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and to see them live, do it live, is quite interesting. for for mm. the For the young men that they are, they play very well. The drums, the guitar, uh, you know, Josh is singing is it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive to do what he does live and replicate what he's just done in the studio. So, uh, yeah, more power to him. I, you know, it, this might be their difficult second album, Matt, but... Well, it's true. You know, it's um, true. but what's nice about it is it's, um, you know, it's quite, it was quite a long, 63 minutes. Mm. It was a long album. I would have, you know, I would have preferred it to be, I think you, you your comment was, I would have preferred it to be a little bit more light and shade and more dynamic in it. I would have liked mm. more... It seemed to be all the same, similar tempo, mid-tempo, epic songs. So I would have liked maybe a little bit more acoustic or maybe a bit like the, um, the Pretty Reckless album. You had some really hard-hitting songs and then you had some acoustic songs. You had nice light and shade, whereas yep. I think the Battle at Garden Gate didn't have that light and shade for me. It was quite similar with the, with the way and what it was. But hey, people will go out and buy it. People will mm. listen to it and hopefully they'll be over here in the UK soon promoting it because loads of people will go and see them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All righty. Shall we, uh, we move on? We will indeed, yeah. Mm. I think that's a good idea. So last time <laughs> we uh, we spoke, you sent me the challenge of reminiscing, getting all nostalgic about the uh, year 1994. Indeed, yes. I said that because it's be- it sounds better than just, you know, I'm going to talk about 1994. Um, so that's what I did. And um, the first thing that I remembered from that year was the fact that Kurt Cobain died, sadly, uh, at 27. Uh, sadly, one of the 27 club, along with uh, Jim Morrison and Janis Joplin and uh, one or two others, sadly. And the... MTV Unplugged album was released posthumously yeah. in 1994. Uh, good album, got some good stuff on there. Yeah. Um, an interesting sort of, I suppose, not footnote, but you know, a bookend to their career. But you know, a very interesting way of, um, uh, if you like, sealing the the Nirvana legacy. Um, those in the days when MTV, of course, played music, which I'm not sure it does anymore. <laughs> Um, That's very and, true. and part of that whole sort of um, period of, of pretty much every band, every rock band, did uh, an unplug session, which was generally supposed to be acoustic, wasn't it? But in a lot of cases, they did plug in. I remember Bon Jovi, I think, pretty much did a live gig. Uh, but Pearl Jam's one stands out. Kiss did one. Oh, that was quite good. Yeah. But anyway, that was a good album. Do you remember those unplugged things? Yes. Um, I... I like you. I enjoyed. Did you get I, MTV? In we we did. We did get MTV in in Limavady. Like you, I enjoyed. I enjoyed early MTV Unplugged. I remember being impressed by uh, Queensrÿche. Queensrÿche did an they did a an unplugged um, set, um, and I kind of got 
Pearl Jam. So when Pearl Jam did their unplugged mm. set, and that you know that was acoustic, and you're listening. I always remember Jeremy being one of the standout tracks from that session. So yeah, yes. it was really empty. Re- uh, th- that's where you could see a, a good band being brought back to what they were probably like in a rehearsal studio, and if they could cut it live, you know, and yeah. none of this fifty-seven backing singers and all that kind of stuff that you that that later mm. happened in you know, mm. re-plugged. I remember Bruce Springsteen, he did, his his unplugged was, his unplugged was the full E Street band. Oh, was it? <laughs> well, you can appreciate that, Cuddy. Exactly, exactly. No, it was very good. No, and good, al- and a good album, the um, Nirvana Unplugged. I think, I think a lot of people, probably like myself, checked out that album posthumously, you mm. know, after, and there was probably a fragility to Kurt that you just appreciate more with some of the stuff and he did a he, you know he did a David Bowie cover cover on the That's album right. as man so um, sadly missed yes indeed a uh, couple of other albums from that year yeah. that I bought at the time quite eclectic year actually mm. at least for me um, Soundgarden brought out Super Unknown oh yes which I think is one of the in my mind one of the best of the in inverted commas grunge albums uh, it's up there with I would say um, Dirt by um, Alison Chains, 10, Pearl Jam. And um, yeah, great album, some good stuff on it. You know, uh, Spoon Man, the title song. Of course, Black Hole Sun is on that album, which uh-huh. is, I mean, a, a timeless classic. I yeah. love that song. A lot of the songs on that album written by Chris Cornell. Um, uh, again, a fantastic voice and um, great album. And I remember at the time, it was in the early days of uh, having a CD player in my car. And I you know, I used to play it on my journey to and from work. And I really played it to death. I, you know, great album. And I still play it now. Um, I, yeah. I, remember I, that album? I do. Um, it's such a strong album. You know, you've mentioned some of the, you think about the singles that were on that album, Black Horse Son, mm. Spoon Man, um, uh, tracks like um, Fell on Black Days, my own personal favorite, My Waves. Mm. Um, it's just, it's a really, really strong album. That that was to me, that was the album that brought them into the the mainstream. Um, yeah, people, absolutely, yeah. That's a very, very, very good album. I, I'm like you. I listen to that quite a, quite a lot. Another album by a band that some people may not have heard of is uh, an album called Throwing Copper by Live. Now. Um, this album sold by the bucket loads in America, uh-huh. as do those kind of classic Americana type albums. And I'll come and talk about another one in a minute yeah. uh, in the same era. But I remember getting into live uh, from hearing some of the lead off tracks of the album, Lightning Crashes. I Alone was quite a big sort of hit here, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, I, I, again, another album that I still play. Uh, great album. Um, got a very interesting uh, track on it, opening track called The Dam at Otter Creek, which is a very odd but good song. Check it. So check it out. That'll be on the uh, playlist, I'm sure, because I said it. Yes. And when I say it, it's quite <laughs> often on the playlist. It happens, doesn't it? It does. And then talking of, of Americana, maybe in the same vein, uh, 1994 was the first, uh, sort of the first Hootie and the Blowfish album. Now, I'm a big Hootie fan. It may be my guilty pleasure in one respect. Um, but you but, do like yeah. the Blowfish as well too. It's not just Hootie. You like, you like. I do like, I, I, I'm prone to a bit of Blowfish now and again. Um, you've got to be very careful with Blowfish actually. Um, oh, do you? Right, okay. It, it, it's got, I think it's got to be cooked properly or or otherwise it's poisonous. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> we digress, but only slightly. So uh, yeah, Crack Review, Crack Review came out in 1994 again I mean I think it's probably one of the biggest selling debut albums ever I mean it sold you know tons in the US bucket loads and again it's a you know it's, it's that classic mid 90s Americana mm. um, it's got some good songs on it Hannah Jane uh, Only Want to Be With You uh, Hold My Hand is on there my favourite song on the album is called Let Her Cry um, so yeah who's in the Bovish so it's quite a diverse year for me I only really know Hootie and the Blowfish because you're such a such a big fan, and a, mm. for, and I probably was immersed in 
Counting Crows. So mm. I, I was really into the Counting Crows album and, and bands like the, uh, Bare, Bare Naked Ladies, for example. So it was a lot of good, good American music coming out at that time. So I think I was probably, my cup overfilleth with other mm. bands and I just didn't have uh, the time to, to listen to, to Hoodie, but listen to them since. And as you say, it's, it's, a, it's a great album. Really, really good. Yeah. And they tour, you know, they, they keep coming back to the UK. They still do indeed tour this. Yeah. They came back a couple of years ago and they do, they do an extensive UK tour. <laughs> They're not one of these bands that says UK tour and it's London and that's it. Yeah, it's the um, Shepherd's Bush Empire. It's always, always, we're, 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 we're doing our, we're doing our uh, European tour. At the Shepherd's mm-hmm. Bush Empire. <laughs> at the Shepherd's Bush Empire. That's the UK tour, just there, right there. In fact, we should talk about the, the best and worst venues, because I can't stand the Shepherd's Bush Empire. I hate that thing. I've only been well, once. Anyway, you, yeah, you, we went to see um, Chickenfoot there, we didn't did, we? We did, we um, did. So that was 1994. I mean, notable mentions, um, Grace by Jeff Buckley came out that year, which is oh, a beautiful album. Uh, again, I think, and, and uh, again, another modern classic. Um, and also um, Led Zepp, or rather, I should say, Page and Plant bought out unleaded, no quarter then. So, yeah, some great stuff. A good year, and I look back on it fondly. Excellent. Good, mm. good, good. How about you? Um, I'll just, a um, couple or three albums for me. Um, uh, as you say, really good year. Um, my first album, um, I nearly went with The Division Bell by Pink Floyd. I was going to go for a prog album and The Division Bell came out. But one of my favourite concert albums, um, and it's probably my favourite album by Marillion, is an album called Brave. Um, um, f- fantastic album. It um, It's all based around a story that Steve Hogarth read in the newspaper about a young girl who was found wandering on the Severn Bridge, didn't know who she was, didn't know where she'd come from, and she wasn't speaking. So Steve Hogarth took this story and then turned it into just a, a concept album. And mm-hmm. it's so well produced. It's just a really, really good album. So um, Brave, I kind of fell back in love with Marillion on, on that album. Um, and for those of us who were vinyl junkies and uh, vinyl freaks, um, what, they, what Marillion actually did was um, they brought out a double LP release of it where it had a double groove on the final side of the album. So wherever you put the needle down, you could actually have, the last track could have been multiple choice out of two tracks. You might have got one version of the of the album ending and then you could have had another. So which I'm kind of going, isn't that cool? Every listen, it, it every listen was different. Extremely cool. Exactly. So yes, so Brave by Marillion. Um, the next one, quickly, Motley Crue. Motley Crue, self-titled Motley Crue album. The the album which was made with John Carabi out of Dead Daisies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was fronting a band called The Scream, um, who were a phenomenal band. And, and John was such a great singer and produced by Bob Rock. It's such a great, strong album. So, you can imagine with Bob Rock, producing it the drums are it's just a big begging sounding album no disrespect to Vince Neil you know Vince Neil is the voice of Motley Crue but for such a strong album it just didn't happen it just didn't happen for Mm. for Motley Crue and you know John wasn't in the band very long and Vince was back you know pretty pretty sharpish I put a track on the Spotify playlist, um, a track called um, Power to the Music, which is the opening track. And you just listen to how strong it is. John Crabby was a great guitar player as well. So he beefed up the sound. Mick Mars was playing guitar. So really, really strong album. I'm just quite surprised that it didn't happen. Little, there was a little bit of grunge in it as well too. So it was, it was happening for the time. I just don't think the crew fans really wanted wanted John Carabi from them, which is a shame because uh, mm. he's a great singer. He is. Good singer, good front man. And Alrighty. Yeah, I'm the final one and I would have been lynched and I would have lost my... Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh. Right, Brian is now going to talk about a King's X album. Um, Dogman, 
by King's X, aren't you, Brian? I knew it was coming. Well, I, was coming. I thought I would have to mention Dogman by King's X because mm. I knew you would go out of your way to ignore it in your list. <laughs> so I don't know it that well. That's why I, you know, I wouldn't ignore. I wouldn't ignore the X. Yeah, no, come on. So Dogman, fifth album, produced by Brendan O'Brien, who, mm. um, who's latterly done all of ACDC's albums, but he was riding high. He'd done obviously. Pearl Jam's album, he'd done Stone Temple Pilots, he's worked with the Black Crows. Dogman, on record, is my favourite um, King's X album. It's the strongest album for me. Um, um, King's X have always been known for the, kind of the Beatles harmony, you know, for a three-piece yep. band, all three of them could sing. Yeah, This was this was an interesting departure because this was the first album where Doug Pinnock took all of the lead vocals. It's a darker album. It's, yeah, it's quite heavy. Uh, it's a very heavy album. It's Dogman. Uh, I'll put, um, um, you'll probably not let me away with it, Matt, you know, because I would probably put the whole album on the Spotify mm, playlist, but, but you, right. wouldn't, you wouldn't let me do that. You don't want the lawyers in again, do you? I don't want the lawyers in again. You know, yeah. I've just, I've just, I'm out of jail for Thin yeah. Lizzy. I don't need to be mm. put in jail for King's X. So yeah, yeah Dogman is my third, um, third and final choice, but great year, uh, 1994 for, for music. Yeah, as we yeah. were, you know, in the middle of what was happening in grunge and, you know, and obviously Britpop that was happening in the UK as well too. So music was happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I know we joke about King's X, but they are ahead of the band live. And if, and if, um, if they do come round and hopefully they will, I'm sure you're hoping that they tour the UK quite soon, doing more than one date, of course. Um, I'd recommend people go and see him. I've been to a lot of gigs over the years and I've seen, you know, your maidens and your motorheads and so on, but I've never, I've never experienced such a partisan uh, crowd as I did when we went to see um, King's X a few years ago. So I'd recommend them go and see King's X. Despite what Brian says, they are a really good band. <laughs> Even though you, you know, s- you know, what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean, boys and girls. Right. Yes. Let's move on. So, um, I need to set you a challenge for next time. Okay. Yes. Uh, as is, you sound surprised because <laughs> it happens every week. Every time we talk about it, it's, otherwise this thing dies. We don't want that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to set you a year that I've plucked out the ether. Uh, it's 1984. Ooh. Could it have been the best Donington ever, Matt, 1984? Well, possibly. For those that were there, may, may well have said that. Yeah. I didn't go, so I wouldn't know. Okay. Um, but uh, were you were you at uh, no, you, were you, you weren't at university then, were you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you were at university for about ten years, weren't you? <laughs> no, I, in 1984, I was 15 years of age, oh, and I, I certainly was not at university. <laughs> not yet. You hadn't started your 10 year student. <laughs> Sunderland University. No, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's that's for next time. Exactly. So let's move on, shall we? Yeah. So at the top of the show map, um, to celebrate St. George's Day, um, we set ourselves a challenge to create our ultimate band hmm. with only English musicians who we have seen. Mm. And, and, we set ourselves, it would be, you know, we had to set what the criteria of the band would be. So we agreed, or sorry, you told me. Mm-hmm. It was a five-piece band. That's true, I did tell you. You did tell me. Yeah, this is us. We we get to select our ultimate English band of musicians that we have seen. And then... Yes. Oh, here we go. Competition uh, time. <laughs> competition time. For which there's no prizes. No, oh. <laughs> isn't there? There's never any prizes. Exactly. What's wrong with those boys? Uh, exactly. Got the budget or something? Exactly. We need to get sponsored. We need people to come and sponsor us and give we us, uh, give us prizes to give away. Um, Indeed, and we can we can mention those sponsors every thirty seconds. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, in time and a fashion. Yeah. Anyway, so so you're about to say some sort of competition thing? Yeah. So what we're going to mm. do is, we're, you and I are going to select. We're going to select our bands. Have you got a name for your band? I have. Have you? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you at the end. All right. Okay. It's, good, it's a good one. You're gonna like it. Excellent. Good. Good. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I'm assuming you've got one, of course. I do indeed. I, you're, I do. you're always you're always much better prepared than I am for these for these for these <laughs> impromptu things. So 
Matt and I will mm. select our all-star band and we will create one of our famous polls mm. and you are allowed to only buy a ticket to see either Matt's band, mm-hmm. unnamed at the moment. Uh, well, I can tell you if you like. No, no, no. We'll keep it to that. Okay. Let's keep the suspense. Right. Keep the suspense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, so you can either choose to see Matt's band or my band. Yeah. Now, let's remember everybody that I did win the last competition. No, however, yeah. however, so I could go 2-0 in the lead. However, Matt did pull the lawyers in and said that, you know, under, you know, I, I under... Copyright, copyright infringement. infringement. Yeah. You won. So we'll, we'll call Wonderful. it an honourable draw. All right. Okay. Fair, so, um, so there we go, young man. So mm. um, where will we start? I think we should start at the... At the so it's five piece, yep. drums, bass, uh, lead, rhythm, guitars, and obviously singer. So I think we should start at the back of the stage with the, uh, with the old tub thumper, the, the old, old drummer. <laughs> the man on the skins. <laughs> Which... It is the drummer, obviously. So I'll go first, shall I? Feel free. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's only one for me, actually. Um, I saw this guy first time back in 1981. A An icon, almost, of drumming. Um, probably the coolest man I've ever seen live. And um, that man is Cozy Powell, the late Cozy Powell who uh, was a, an amazing drummer um, and almost transcended um, culture, popular culture at the time because, you know, he was on kids' programmes and he was on, he was on record breakers. He did, I remember, I remember seeing him on record breakers. He was on Tiz Was. Yeah, yeah. These were all UK TV programmes for those that are not, not listening in the UK. But he was, um, you know, he was kind of a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. He and was. he had his little solo career. Yeah. He did a couple of great songs, Dance with the Devil and Na Na Na. And uh, anyway, Cozy Powell for me. Yeah. He's you, got a number one. That's a good, uh, do you know what, Cozy? And yeah, Cozy's a great choice. You, you think about how many bands Cozy ended up in. You know, I, I remember, mm. he, obviously you you saw him in Whitesnake. Mm, um, the Schenker Group, first time I saw him actually. Oh, did you? I, I'd love mm. to have seen that line up with, with um, I only got to see Cozy. Cozy was an honourable mention for me. I, I got to see Cozy playing in the revamps Black Sabbath with uh, to- with Tony Iommi, Cozy Neil Murray, who was a long-standing rhythm section member for for Cozy, um, and Tony the Cat Martin on the yep. vocals. Um, so I got to see I got to see him. Yeah, Cozy Cozy was amazing. But I do remember um, when Gary Moore's Gary Moore brought out his After the War album in 1989. And I can remember, you know, at the time, Gary, Gary seemed to, ne- he, Gary never had, um, he always had Neil Carter playing the keys and Bob Daisley and the latter part of Gary's career was his go-to bass player, but he mm. never seemed to have a, a drummer that was in the Gary Moore band. No. And I remember in the After the War video that played on CD UK or whatever it was on a Saturday morning, and there was Cozy bashing the skins and you're going, Yes! And he didn't last in Gary's band mm. that long, you know. So, um, oh, amazing choice. Well, it's classic. Uh, I just talking to Gary Moore, actually. There's a classic piece of footage uh, that was on the old Grey Whistle test of yeah. uh, a kind of mini supergroup that Gary Moore had just to, I think, just to play, play Whistle Test with Cozy on drums, Phil Lynott, Scott Gorham, and yeah. Don Airy playing keyboards on yes. a, a killer song called uh, Back on the Streets. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting slightly off topic now, so <laughs> just a little bit. So, Cozy Powell, who have you gone for? I have gone for another former member of the Gary Moore Band. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I am going for the only member who has been in Deep Purple the whole way through the 50-plus years of Purple being together. I'm going with Ian Pace. Uh, Good choice. He, yeah. Um... So fortunate to have seen Ian Pace over the years. Um, I'm just an amazing drummer, uh, and there's so many great drummers, so many great English drummers we we could have chosen mm. from. Oh yeah, I know uh, Carl Palmer, Simon Phillips, Gavin Harrison. You've mentioned Cozy was on my mm. notable list. Um, so yeah, for me, for me, it was always going to be Ian Pace. So um, yeah, 
Yeah, I would give notable notable mentions to Nico McBrain oh. from Maiden, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing drummer. And of course, Jason Bonham. I never saw John Bonham. No, me either. I, I have seen Jason Bonham as well, a great drummer. So, um, yeah, should we move on? We will indeed. So that's the drummer sorted. So uh, the the next part of the rhythm section, of course, is the bass player. Yes. Important sort of holding up the bottom of the band, as it were. So <laughs> who have you gone for, Brian? Um, I have gone for the only Beatle that I've seen play. I had to go with Sir Paul McCartney. Um, just, uh, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, it was, Paul McCartney was, uh, when I went through the list of all of the bass players I could have chosen, and I've, I've seen, I've been lucky enough to see um, uh, Geezer Butler, Chris Squire, um, Greg Leck, John Wetton, even, you know, I put Sting in there as a, as a fantastic bass player. And of course, um, um, looking in the, the look in your face, you're probably going, oh my goodness, he hasn't even mentioned Glenn Hughes yet. No, you haven't. I haven't mentioned Glenn Hughes. Yeah. Have you, have you fallen out with him or something? <laughs> no, no, no. So, um, yeah. He I'm upset go- you. <laughs> he hasn't upset me. No, no, okay. no, no. He hasn't texted me in a while. We haven't, uh. we haven't spoken. Glenn, if you're right there. Mm. Come and join the show. Let's have mm. a. We'll do a Glenn special. Um, so Paul McCartney for me is holding the low end of the of the bass down, and he's actually played with Ian Pace as well. Both they were played. That's right. Yep, they did indeed. So who's holding the bottom end down for you well, alongside Cozy? Well, good good question, which I shall answer. So I had a t- it was a toss up for me. I was fortunate enough to see John Paul Jones when he was with uh, them. Crooked Vultures, along with Josh Homme and Dave Grohl. Uh, I've also seen Pete Way, who I love as a bass player, <sighs> yeah, yeah, as, a yeah. show, as a showman. Sadly, yeah. again, another one no longer with us. But I, I've gone for Steve Harris from Iron Maiden, who uh, you know I've been a fan of since 1980. I actually met Steve Harris. Very famous story within our little friendship. <laughs> Within our non-famous friends. Within our non-famous <laughs> friends. And that's, um, I, uh, we bumped into him at a festival. And I was with was our friend John Law. And uh, I thought, blimey, it's Steve Harris. And John, uh, as cool as you like, just started talking about real ale. And I, and I uh, as you do, and I got all starstruck, of course. And I thought, no, 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 no. You can't talk about real ale. It's Steve Harris. <laughs> Steve Harris, but I mean, you know. And uh, I, I must admit, I did get a little bit fanboy, but yeah. So I've gone for Steve Harris. Um, I think he, I think he would I think he'd make a good team with Cozy Powell in my to be named later on band. For the, you're not you're not going to be playing. You're you're not going to be playing. You're going to need a big enough stage so Steve Harris can run around in the Norma Dome, stra- you know. And you know, there's nobody there's nobody stands on a monitor. Nope. And and points their base at an mm. audience better than Steve Harris. I would agree. I would He's agree. Phenomenal. Absolutely. He's fantastic. He's yes. fantastic. One of the best bass players ever. And that's why I've gone for him. I've gone for him. Exactly. So um over to you with the next slot in our fantasy band. Yes. Which is rhythm guitar or keyboards. Okay. Or even both, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. See? See. This was a tough one for me, Matt, and and you did lay the law down, and and you you right. did stipulate that that it should be two that it should be a rhythm guitarist because I was I was I was toying with having two lead guitar players, mm-hmm. um, but we'll maybe get on to that when we talk about lead guitar players. For okay. me, it was easy, Matt. Um, I've seen this human riff, um, the man that will outlive us all. Mm. Keith Richards. Keith Richards, there's only really two, and in, in, in my, there was only really two that I could choose from who I've seen who are English. It was either going to be Pete Townsend, who's phenomenal rhythm player, just a phenomenal guitarist, or it was going to be Keith Richards, and I could not go with Keith. I just think, it'd be just hilarious. Can you imagine Keith Richards and, and Paul McCartney in the same band? <laughs> Interesting. interesting. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're mates. I'm sure they're friends. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting dynamic that would. Wouldn't it just? Um, yeah. 
Well, it's a good choice. Good yes. choice. Of course, the great Keith Richards. And as you say, you know, he he, he will outlive us all. He know, will. I think. He will. I mean, he's about 160 now, isn't he? So he's probably yeah. working on his second second memoir for the, for the, the and it'll be called the latter years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last the last 150 years. Um, yeah, no, good choice. Yeah. Um, How about you? Well, I, I you mentioned funny you should mention Neil Carter earlier. Yes, the great Neil Carter, um, who does play keyboards and and um, does rhythm plays rhythm and guitar as well. Um, I could have gone for him. I could have gone for John Lord, who I saw with White Snake back in the day, uh, with his rocking uh, Hammond organ, but I didn't. Okay, I should have done actually, but I didn't. I could have I could have gone for John Paul Jones, thinking about it as a keyboard player, but I didn't. I went for Paul Raymond <laughs> from hey, UFO. Absolutely. I, I I was a big fan of Paul Raymond. Um, played uh, rhythm guitar and played keyboards, not at the same time. But you know, he was he was a keyboard player. He's a very talented musician. Played keyboards and and um, and rhythm guitar with UFO, of course. And their halcyon days in the seventies, played with the Michael Schenker Group, yeah. Wasted. So I've gone for Paul Raymond. The, the sadly again, no longer with us. Um, Paul Raymond. Yeah, bit of a secret weapon when you th- when you think of UFO. Good choice, and and you're getting two for one. You're getting a you're getting a well, rhythm guitarist, and you're getting a keyboard player chucked in. Well, but you know, think about it, three for one because he did backing vocals. I was going to say good singer too. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's a good thing about Paul McCartney; he can do the odd tune for you as well. Um, <laughs> you know, really, in the proceedings, <laughs> you can sing the odd song. You know. Um, anyway, should we move on? Yes. So that was. Um, we're getting to the lead guitarist now. Coming towards the front of the stage, the showman, if you will. So, and there's lots to choose from, isn't there, in the world of English lead guitarists that we've seen? Yes, been very, you know, a huge number. Yeah. Um. So, who have you gone for then? I've gone for the guitarist, guitarist. Okay. (laughs) That doesn't narrow it down. (laughs) So, I have gone for a yardbird. Right, oh, which which one? Which one? Mm. There's a few to choose from. There's a few to choose from. I've gone for I've gone for Jeff Beck. Okay. I have gone for Jeff Beck um because having seen Jeff Beck, Jeff Beck does things with the guitar which are just awesome. And I, I love his story that Jeff Beck has just ploughed his own furrow for the last 40 years. He's done jazz, he's done trip hop, he's just played his own material, Matt. And when you look at when you look at um when bands go through those periods of, you know, it's 1973, um, Richie Blackmore leaves Deep Purple, who does David Coverdale have as his first on the list? And it was gonna be, you know, Jeff Beck, Rory Gallagher, or Tommy Bolin. And mm. how many times does Je- Jeff Beck was going to join the Rolling Stones? So to me, my lead guitarist was was going to be was going to be Jeff Beck. But there's so many mention. We'll maybe talk about who who we could have had as uh, alternatives. So I went with Jeff. Mm. How about you? Good choice. Well, great choice. Um, it was a t- it is a tough one because there has been loads. I mean, Richie Blackmore, Eric Clapton, uh, Brian Tatler. We mentioned earlier. <laughs> From Diamond Head, Tony Iommi, of course. David Gilmore. Dave Gilmore. I mean, you know, just just loads. Yeah. But there was only one for me. Almost the first name on the team sheet is one James Patrick Page. Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. You like that, don't you? I do. It's another Yardbird. Exactly. I think they played yeah. together, actually. I think Jeff... I think they did, Je- and and did Jimmy Page play bass? I think uh, you're right. Absolutely, yeah. your knowledge is very good. Yes, you know you you, you should do a podcast. <laughs> you know your your knowledge is so good. Of rock. I know nothing about rock, rock trivia. Yeah, but you're right. They did. They did indeed play together, and I think as you say, Jimmy Page played bass. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he's got it all. Jimmy Page. I mean, yeah. he's a great he's a producer, songwriter, can play acoustic, twelve string, electric, uh-huh. riffs, solos. You know. Number one for me. And I think, you know, this band is starting to shape up very nicely. Thank you very much. And I saw Jimmy Page, you're about to ask me, uh, I can tell, 
uh, just by looking at you, that you could ask me when I saw Jimmy Page. Well, I, as I said, when they got back together as Page and Plant, I, saw, I was lucky enough to see Jimmy Page a um, couple of times, actually, in that era. And, I'm not uh, jealous yeah. at all, Matt. Not, not, no, no not even a bit. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not boasting. I'm not gloating. <laughs> it's just, just the way the, you know, the cookie crumbles, isn't exactly. it? Um, so yeah, for me, Jimmy Page. <sighs> Which brings us, young man, uh-huh. to the man out front, the front man, the singer, the man at the mic, of course. Which for me was a fairly straightforward one. I have to be honest, uh, but you go first, Brian. What are you? What, 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 what was your thinking? There's a lot of very, very good English frontmen. This was the, to be fair, in a way, this was on paper the toughest choice. I agree. As it boiled down to it, as it came down to it, I should say, you know, it was the easiest choice for me. But anyway, after after you, my friend. Okay, I. <sighs> I had to go with the master. I had to go with Paul Rogers. Yep. Good choice. Good choice. Well, I did too, actually. <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. I mean, we both love Paul Rogers, don't we? You, know, you and I, I was thinking actually, you and I have known each other 20 years. And one of the first things we talked about was uh, when we when we found out that we, we, we were kindred spirits and uh-huh. we both like rock music, uh, we talked about our favourite singers. I remember it vividly. And we both landed on Robert Plant, David Coverdale, yeah. and Paul Rogers. Yeah. And again, I've fortunately seen all three of them. And uh, yeah. But Paul Rogers, I mean, you know, he is probably the greatest rock singer, in my opinion. You know, people people will differ in opinions. Of mm-hmm. course, I mean, there, there are, there are, there's plenty to choose from. You know, it's a tough one because you've got, um, as I say, Coverdale and Plant and... Rob Halford and Bruce Dickinson and, you know, Sean Harris from Diamond Head. Yeah. Mention but a few. Ian, um, if you're going to mention Sean Harris, I have to, I have to chip in with, with Ian Gillen, David Bowie and Roger Daltrey. <laughs> Great choices. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we're very fortunate in this country. I mean, not just from Britain. I mean, Britain itself has produced some fantastic yeah. musicians, but, you know, England itself has produced some fantastic stuff. Yeah, some fantastic musicians, fantastic, fantastic singers, of course. So, um, yeah, that's our lineups complete. So our lineups so, are complete. You're doing your first gig, Matt. Uh, yes, the Dog and Duck in Hemel uh, <laughs> Hempstead. You're not. You're you're not going to get Cozy Powell's drum kit. You're not even going to get his bass drum in the Dog and Duck. You got to start somewhere, Brian. I mean, you can't expect me to go straight to the, the normal domes. You know, I can just picture it. You know, Cozy. You're under the dartboard, mate. You know. Yeah. No, you might have to just use one bass drum. Come on. Yeah, Steve, can you use your brushes? Exactly. Maybe, maybe turn it down a notch. Steve, stick your amp next to him. Jimmy, ditto. No, you can't use a stack, you know. Um, no, of course, it would be a, you know amazing spectacle. But sadly, it would never be because, as we've said, it's only a fantasy, Brian. Uh-huh. Only a fantasy. So let's recap. So... Um, on the drums, I've gone for Cozy Powell, bass guitar, Steve Harris. Rhythm guitar, rhythm guitar and keys is Paul Raymond. Lead guitar, Jimmy Page. And on the vocals is Paul Rogers. And my band is called Matt Sabbath. Did <laughs> 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 you like that? <laughs> <laughs> I had a few to choose from, actually. I, I did play with the, uh, the, the various permutations. So that's 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 Matt Sabbath. First gig, Dog and Duck, Hemel Hempstead. Right, oh. over to you. Oh, my goodness. Recap on your members and give us your... Uh, and you haven't your... even got a member of Black Sabbath in your in your grip and you're calling them Matt Sabbath. I've got to call them something. Exactly. Oh, we didn't even mention mm. Ozzy as a singer. No, no. No, never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. He, he won't mind. He'll be fine with it. Uh, all right. So, so, <laughs> um, so recapping my band. So on the drums, I'm picking the sensational Ian Pace. Mm-hmm. And on the bass guitar, I'm picking the sensational um, Sir Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. On the guitars, rhythm, Keith Richards. Yep. 
On electric guitar, just to remind you people, the guitarist, guitarist, Sir Jeffrey Beck. Mm-hmm. And um, on the lead vocals, same as Matt, Paul Rogers. Good choice. And the name of the band is? It's not as good as yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, it couldn't be good, let's face it. Let's hear it. <clears throat> I'm going with the, the sensational Brian Mealy band. Oh, okay. All right. I like that, actually. It's quite simple. Yeah, I'm being an impresario. You know, it's mm. you know, I've got McCartney in my band and, and I'm naming the band after me. Yeah, it's nice. You're not even in the band, you're still calling it up. Do you see? yeah. All right. <laughs> you can just see lawyers now. You know, it's my my cuts, my, you know, Alan Klein's on already on the phone to me going, you know, you're getting you're not getting ten percent, boy. Uh, so there you go, you know, people. You don't have much luck with lawyers, do you? No, you know, I don't. You're always in and out of uh, <laughs> in and out court, aren't you? One way or another. I think you're going to get more with with Matt Sabbath. Matt Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> like Osborne. It. Sharon Osborne will be after you. Know, uh, sorry, I mean, is that your phone going, Matt? Is that is that Sharon? Sharon on the phone? No, it's my wife telling me EastEnders is finished. All right, okay. Um, <laughs> So, Brian, can people vote on Facebook for their favourite band of the two that we've put together? So yeah. it's either Matt Sabbath or the sensational Brian Mayley band. Uh, yeah, I will create a poll mm. um, and we will uh, we'll put a Facebook page up there and, uh, and our audience, our global audience, will let them decide. Mm. Yeah, and also they can let us know if we've missed anyone out that we should have. Um, yeah, or, if, or indeed what their fancy band may well have been absolutely based on people that they have seen that's the that's the criteria it's got to be someone that you've seen in the flesh yeah and also who is english yes. male or female of course absolutely um and um you know we've 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 been fairly male dominated but of course there's been some fantastic- i nearly thought about kate bush as my oh. front person oh i think i'm gonna have to rethink the whole thing now <laughs> Yeah, Kate I, Bush. seriously, I, I, Kate Bush was on my list of. She's just amazing. Kelly Johnson from Girls' School. What a killer guitarist oh, she was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll do that next time. Yeah. Or another time. Okay. Right. Anyway, so vote for whoever you would like, boys and girls, and let us know what uh, what your fantasy band um, of English musicians that you have seen is as well too. And I'm Absolutely. and see if you can come up with, see if you can trump Matt with, mm. a, with a name of a band as well too. So Matt Sabbath seems the one to beat at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Right, should we move on, Brian? We will indeed, um, yes. Right, so Hidden Gems time. Ah, Hidden Gems, yes. Should I do the jingle? Yes. Hidden Gems time. <laughs> I'm still not convinced about that. To be honest, I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, I'll do for now. Right. Um, so, what have you got for us? Right. Well, <clears throat> um, uh, one of one of the albums, which is as they say, as they say in the business, Matt, because we're in the business now. Are we? Yeah, we are. We're oh, in the right. business. We're, you could have told me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we haven't made any money yet on this, so are we really in the business? Anyway, no. so one of the albums that has dropped um, fairly recently is an album um, by a great band from Frontier Records called The End Machine. So End Machine are one of those project bands which are put up by Frontier Records, um, which is basically the guys out of Dokken without Don Dawkin. And the mm. singer in the band from um, from the end machine is called Robert Mason. Okay. And Robert Mason, uh, Robert Mason, great, great singer. And Robert Mason made one of the greatest, I am going on record to say this, made one of the greatest ever rock blues albums. Um, in 1996, and it's a band called The Cry of Love. Mm-hmm. Um, so Robert was recruited to replace Kelly Holland, who was the original lead singer in Cry of Love, and they released 
uh, an album in 1997 called Diamonds and Debris. And Diamonds and Debris is just an absolutely stonking southern rock, hard rock classic album. Um, Audley Freed, uh, who later joined the Black Crows and um, latterly has been playing in Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Crow's band, that album, Diamonds and Debris by The Cry of Love, is my hidden gem with Robert Mason, who is singing on that album. It is fantastic, Matt. That's my hidden okay. gem. And it's on Spotify, so I can put I can put loads of tracks on. Everyone's a winner. Uh, everyone's a winner. That's good. As usual, not one that I've heard of. I remember Cry of Love. Yep. Um, hearing of them at the time. So... As I always do, or rather, as I always say, I shall check them out. Good man. Okay. Would you like to hear mine? What's your hidden gem? Mm. So, uh, a few clues. <laughs> so, this album was released in 1991. It's the first solo album by a guitarist who, at the time, was in a humongous global band. And he plays guitar and sings on this album. And... It's one of my favourite albums, I have to say. I, I think this singer, this guy is a fantastic singer. And in a way, when he was in Bon Jovi, he was, he was used as a singer. But I'm always, I always remember thinking, wow, he's got a great voice. Mm. So my hidden gem this week is the first solo album by Richie Sambora, which is called Stranger in This Town. I remember getting it too. Yep. It's a, it's a, it, oh, I love it. It's a great album. So it was recorded when they were on a break. They'd been touring and touring and touring. And so Richie, T- Richie Sambora took the time to record Stranger in This Town. And it's um, it's got some good people on it. You know, Eric Clapton plays on it on a song called Mr. Blues Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, most, of, most of Bon Jovi are on it. Tico Torres is on it. David Bryan's on it. Yeah. Um, great stuff. So I would, um, I'd recommend Rest in Peace. The title track is so Stranger in This Town. Oh, it's great stuff. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. There's a song called Ballad of Youth and the aforementioned Mr. Blues Man featuring the great Eric Clapton, which brings us kind of full circle back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, the Yardbirds and, and so on. Yeah, so my hidden gem yeah. this week is Stranger in This Town by Richie Sambora. Fantastic, brilliant! An album, an album that I, I I know that album really really well. Um, I would love to have seen that. I'd love to have seen him tour that at that time. I, I've I've seen Richie in the last few mm. years. I would. He still does songs off that album, doesn't he? Still he does. does. Strange in this yeah. Town. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's great. I and mean, a fantastic singer. I remember Tommy Vance at the time saying he was the best singer in Bon Jovi, <laughs> and that was Tommy's opinion. And the great Tommy Vance, of course, and you know a few a few would agree with Tommy on that on that point. So um, I always, yeah, I, I I always remember um, any time that Bon Jovi would sing "Want or Dead or Alive," mm. and you've got there's there's a there's a section live at the very very end where you know John John's a I'm a big fan of Bon Jovi. And and in that time in, in the late eighties and early nineties, you couldn't touch Bon Jovi live. They were Ooh, no. fantastic. If you're going to bring Van Halen out as your support band, you know you're in good nick as a band. That, oh, that's yeah. that's Absolutely. good. And always what they did, of course, when they played Milton Keynes, was it or Wembley Stadium? I can't remember now. Um, yeah, it was ninety five. It was on mm. the These Days tour. Um, that's right. Yeah. Um, but Richie, R- there's a line in One or Dead or Alive where John just John just goes away from the mic and Richie comes in and sings like Wanted There Alive. And, it, and you're kind of going, the first time you see it, you're going, oh my goodness. Uh, mm. And actually, um, I remember um, you did talk about the MTV Unplugged, where yep. they, they did live in the round and it wasn't really unplugged. Mm. But I do remember the MTV Awards, I think in 1987, and Richie and John sang um, Living on a Prayer, just the two of them with acoustic guitars. And you got to hear Richie, just just the pair of them 
singing yeah. and Richie's vocal just came through and, and he's he was never re- that was the first time I really heard Richie as a good singer so that's a brilliant hidden gem well done that one. Oh well thank you yeah. you know good I like to pull one out of the back pocket as you know as you do from mm. from your book from your book of hidden gems from my book of hidden gems which is which is here in front of me as you can see this six inch thick book exactly the tomb um, <laughs> Right, so that's it, Brian, for another episode, episode 12. Exactly. Enjoyed that. So, uh, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Wherever you are in the world, please get in touch. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Um, Check us out on the the podcast platforms. Subscribe, write a review, whatever you want to do, but mainly keep on listening. Um, We're glad you like it, and we we love doing this, of course. Absolutely. Well said, that man. No, thank you very much. <laughs> right. And and in time, honoured fashion, Matt, rock on. See you next yes, time. You too. Bye, everyone. Bye. For those about to pod, we salute you is Amelie Rogers Media Production. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. We'll see you next time.